Chapter 8, verses 16 through 25. Of Catina Aurea, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 1, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 16 through 18. No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covereth it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. Bede, having before said to his apostles, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables. He now shows that by them at length must the same mystery be revealed also to others, saying, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, cover it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed. Eusebius, as if he said, As a lantern is lighted, that it should give light, not that it should be covered under a bushel or a bed. So also the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, when uttered in parables, although hid from those who are strangers to the faith, will not, however, to all men appear obscure. Hence he adds, for nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. As if he said, though many things are spoken in parables, that seeing they might not see, and hearing they might not understand, because of their unbelief, yet the whole matter shall be revealed. Augustine, or else in these words he typically sets forth the boldness of preaching, that no one should, through fear of fleshly ills, conceal the light of knowledge. For under the names of vessel and bed, he represents the flesh, but of that of lantern, the word, which whosoever keeps hid through fear of the troubles of the flesh, sets the flesh itself before the manifestation of the truth, and by it he, as it were, covers the word, who fears to preach it. But he places a candle upon a candlestick, who so submits his body to the service of God, that the preaching of the truth stands highest in his estimation, the service of the body lowest. Origin. But he who would adapt his lantern to the more perfect disciples of Christ must persuade us by those things which were spoken of John, for he was a burning and a shining light. It becomes not him then who lights the light of reason in his soul to hide it under a bed where men sleep, nor under any vessel, for he who does this provides not for those who enter the house for whom the candle is prepared. But they must set it upon a candlestick, that is, the whole church. Chrysostom. By these words he leads them to diligence of life, teaching them to be strong as exposed to the view of all men, and fighting in the world as on a stage. As if he said, Think not that we dwell in a small part of the world, for ye will be known of all men, since it cannot be that so great virtue should be hid. Maxim. Or perhaps the Lord calls himself a light shining to all who inhabit the house, that is, the world, since he is by his nature God, but by the dispensation made flesh. And so, like the light of the lamp, he abides in the vessel of the flesh, by means of the soul, as the light in the vessel of the lamp, by means of the flame. But by the candlestick, he describes the church over which the divine word shines, illuminating the house, as it were, by the rays of truth. But under the similitude of a vessel or bed, 
he referred to the observance of the law, under which the word will not be contained. Bede, but the Lord ceases not to teach us to hearken to his word, that we may be able both to constantly meditate on it in our minds, and to bring it forth for the instruction of others. Hence it follows, Take heed therefore how ye hear, for whatsoever hath to him shall be given, as if he says, Give heed with all your mind to the word which ye hear, for to him who has a love of the word shall be given also the sense of understanding what he loves. But whosoever hath no love of hearing the word, though he deems himself skillful either from natural genius or the exercise of learning, will have no delight in the sweetness of wisdom. For oftentimes the slothful man is gifted with capacities, that if he neglect them he may be the more justly punished for his negligence, since that which he can obtain without labor he disdains to know, and sometimes the studious man is oppressed with slowness of apprehension, in order that the more he labors in his inquiries, the greater may be the recompense of his reward. Verses 19 through 21. Then came to him his mother and his brethren, and could not come at him for the press. And it was told him by certain which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to see thee. And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. Titus paused. Our Lord had left his kinsfolk according to the flesh, and was occupied in his father's teaching. But when they began to feel his absence, they came unto him, as it is said, then came unto him his mother and his brethren. When you hear of our Lord's brethren, you must include also the notions of piety and grace. For no one in regard of his divine nature is the brother of our Savior, for he is the only begotten. But he has, by the grace of piety, made us partakers of his flesh and blood, and he who is by nature God has become our brother. Bede. But those who are said to be our Lord's brethren according to the flesh, you must not imagine to be children of the Blessed Mary, the mother of God, as Havidius thinks, nor the children of Joseph, by another wife, as some say, but rather believe to be their kinsfolk. Titus paused. His brethren thought that when he heard of their presence, he would send away the people from respect to his mother's name, and from his affection towards her, as it follows, and it was told him, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without. Chrysostom. Think what it was, when the whole people stood by and were hanging upon his mouth, for his teaching had already begun, to withdraw him away from them. Our Lord accordingly answers, as it were, rebuking them, as it follows, and he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are they which hear the word of God and do it, etc. Ambrose, the moral teacher who gives himself an example to others, when about to enjoin upon others, that he who has not left father and mother is not worthy of the Son of God, first submits himself to this precept, not that he denies the claims of filial piety, for it is his own sentence, he that knoweth not his father and mother shall die the death, but because he knows that he is more bound to obey his father's mysteries than the feelings of his mother, nor however are his parents harshly rejected, but the bonds of the mind are shown to be more sacred than those of the body. Therefore, in this place he does not disown his mother, as some heretics say, eagerly catching at his speech, since she also acknowledged from the cross 
but the law of heavenly ordinances is preferred to earthly affection. Bede, they then who hear the word of God and do it, are called the mother of our Lord, because they daily in their actions or words bring him forth as it were in their inmost hearts. They also are his brethren, where they do the will of his Father who is in heaven. Chrysostom, now he does not say this by way of reproof to his mother, but to greatly assist her, for if he was anxious for others to beget in them a just opinion of himself, much more was he for his mother. And he had not raised her to such a height if she were always to expect to be honored by him as a son, and never to consider him as her lord. Theophylact, but some take this to mean that certain men, hating Christ's teaching, and mocking at him for his doctrine, said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without wishing to see thee, as if thereby to show his meanness of birth. He therefore, knowing their hearts, gave them this answer, that meanness of birth harms not. But if a man, though of low birth, hear the word of God, he reckons him as his kinsman, because whoever hearing only slaves no one, but rather condemns, he adds, and doeth it, for it becomes us both to hear and to do. But by the word of God he means his own teaching, for all the words which he himself spake were from his father. Ambrose, in a mystical sense, he ought not to stand without who was seeking Christ. Hence also that saying, Come unto him and be enlightened. For if they stand without, not even parents themselves are acknowledged, and perhaps for our example they are not. How are we acknowledged by him if we stand without? That meeting also is not unreasonable, because by the figure of parents he points out to the Jews of whom Christ was born, and thought the church to be preferred to the synagogue. Bede, for they cannot enter within, when he is teaching those words they refuse to understand spiritually. But the multitude went before and entered into the house, because when the Jews rejected Christ, the Gentiles flocked to him. But those who stand without, wishing to see Christ, are they who, not seeking in a spiritual sense in the law, have placed themselves without to guard the letter of it, and, as it were, rather compelled Christ to go out to teach them earthly things, and consent to enter in themselves to learn spiritual things. Verses 22 through 25. Now it came to pass in a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake, and they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said unto them, Where is your faith? And they, being afraid, wondered, saying one to another, What manner of man is this? For he commandeth even the winds and water, and they obey him. Cyril, when the disciples saw that all men received help from Christ, it seemed fitting that they themselves should also in turn rejoice in the benefits of Christ, for no one regards that which happens in the person of another equally with that to himself. The Lord therefore exposed the disciples to the sea and the winds, as it follows. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples, and he said unto them, Let us go over unto the other side of the lake, and they launched forth. Chrysostom, 
Luke indeed avoids the question which might be put to him with regard to the order of time, saying that he went into a ship on a certain day. Now if the storm had arisen when our Lord was awake, the disciples either had not feared or not believed that he could do such a thing. For this cause he sleeps, giving them an occasion for fear. For it follows, but as they sailed he fell asleep, and there came down a storm of wind on the lake. Ambrose. We are told above, moreover, that he passed the night in prayer. How then does he here fall asleep in a storm? The security of power is expressed, that while all were afraid, he alone lay fearless. But he lay asleep in the body, while in the mind he was in the mystery of divinity, for nothing happens without the word. Cyril, but it seems to have been especially and wonderfully ordained that they should not seek his assistance when first the storm began to affect the boat, but after the danger had increased, in order that the power of the divine majesty may be made more manifest. Hence it is said, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. This indeed our Lord allowed for the sake of trial, that having confessed their danger, they should acknowledge the greatness of the miracle. Hence, when their great danger had driven them into intolerable fear, having no other hope of safety but the Lord of power himself, they awoke him. It follows, and they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, we perish. Augustine, Matthew says, Master, save us, we perish. Mark, Master, carest thou not that we perish. There is the same expression in all of men awakening our Lord and anxious for their safety. Nor is it worth while to inquire which of these was most likely to have been said to Christ. For whether they said one of these three, or some other words which no evangelist has mentioned, but of the same import, what a matter is it? Though at the same time this may have been the case, that by the many who woke him all these things were said, one by one, and another by another. Cyril, but it could not be that they should perish while the Almighty was with them. Christ then arose, who has power over all things, and immediately quells the storm, and the violence of the wind, and the tempest ceased, and there was a great calm. Herein he shows himself to be God, to whom it is said, Thou rulest the raging of the sea, when the waves thereof arise, thou stillest them. So then, as he sailed, our Lord manifested both natures in one and the same person, seeing that he who as man slept in the ship, as God by his word stilled the raging of the sea. Cyril, but together with the raging of the waters, he quiets also the tumult of their souls, as it follows, and he said unto them, Where is your faith? By which word he showed, that it is not so much the assault of temptation which causes fear, as faint-heartedness. For as gold is proved in the fire, so is faith in temptation. Augustine. Now this is related by the other evangelists in different words. For Matthew says, that Jesus said, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? But Mark as follows, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? i.e. that perfect faith like the grain of mustard seed. Mark then also says, O ye of little faith, but Luke, where is your faith? And indeed all these may have been said, Why are ye fearful? Where is your faith, O ye of little faith? Hence one evangelist relates one, another another. Cyril, when the tempest was quelled at the command of Christ, the disciples in astonishment whispered one to another, as it follows, 
and they being afraid wondered etc now the disciples said not this as ignorant of him for they knew that he was god and jesus the son of god but they marveled at the exceeding vastness of his natural power and the glory of his divinity although he was like to us invisible in the flesh hence they say who is this that is of what manner of man how great and with what great power and majesty for it is a mighty work a lordly command no abject petition bead or it was not his disciples but the sailors and others in the ship who wondered but allegorically the sea or lake is the dark and bitter tide of the world the ship is the wood of the cross by help of which the faithful having passed the waves of this world reach the shore of a heavenly country ambrose our lord therefore who knew that he came upon earth for a divine mystery having left his kinsfolk went up into the ship bede his disciples also when summoned enter in with him hence he says if any one will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me while his disciples are sailing that is the faithful passing through this world and meditating in their minds the rest of the world to come and by the breath of the holy spirit or also their own exertions eagerly leaving behind them the unbelieving pride of the world suddenly our lord fell asleep that is the time of our lord's passion was come and the storm descended for when our lord entered the sleep of death upon the cross the waves of persecution rose stirred up by the breath of the devil but while the patience of the lord is not disturbed by the waves the faint hearts of the disciples are shaken and tremble they awoke our lord lest they should perish while he slept because having seen his death they wished for his resurrection for if that were delayed they would perish for ever he rises therefore and rebukes the wind since by his sudden rising again he puts down the pride of the devil who had the power of death but he makes the tempest of nature to cease since by his resurrection he baffled the rage of the jews who plotted his death ambrose you must remember that no one can pass from the course of this life without temptations for temptation is the trial of faith we are therefore subject to the storms of spiritual wickedness but as watchful sailors we must awake the pilot who does not obey but commands the winds who although he now no longer sleeps in the sleep of his own body yet let us beware lest through the sleep of our bodies he is to us asleep and at rest but they are rightly reproved who feared when christ was present since he surely who clings to him can in no wise perish bede in like manner when he appeared after his death to his disciples he upbraided them with their unbelief and thus having calmed the swelling waves he made plain to all the power of his divinity end of chapter eight verses sixteen through twenty five